So I want to spend a few moments before we share in communion together this morning, just looking at part of the, of the Easter story. And if you've been around church for any amount of time, then it's something that you will know quite well. And it's, it's a moment where we find Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He and his disciples, have, they've shared the Passover meal together, the Last Supper that we'll remember a little later on. And, and now he's in the garden. And you could almost call this the, a, a moment of calm before the storm of what's about to happen hits his capture, his torture and ultimately his death. So why don't we just read this portion of scripture together. It's found in Mark chapter 14. It says this, And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Not what I will, but what you will. And he came and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you might not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and he prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came a third time and he said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking rest. It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. You know, this moment here, it's such a powerful demonstration of the humanity of Jesus. And that's what I want to look at today it's you know we we recognize and we understand that Jesus is both fully God which we can see clearly through the gospels and uh, the telling of his many miracles the fulfillment of prophecy and the message that he brings but as well as being fully God he's also fully human and I think the thing that strikes me about this moment in the garden that we've just read is that up until this point, Jesus has been explaining and, and prophesying and preparing the disciples for what was coming, even though they still, even at this moment, didn't fully understand. But throughout the time that he was sharing and preparing them for that, he didn't really seem phased by the task that was at hand. And what he was about to face was probably the most brutal, excruciating and shameful form of execution known to man. A, a long, drawn-out process of death being lashed until the body can take it no more before being nailed and hung from a cross. No one in their right mind would approach 
this punishment without a sense of of dread, of, of deep fear. And so the words that he spoke to his friends shine a light on his humanity. Those words that he, he prayed to his Father in heaven, they demonstrate his humanity. And in this final moment before his death, it says, he began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, to the disciples, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. In the Passion Translation, it puts it this way. It says, an intense feeling of great horror plunged into his soul, deep sorrow. And he said to them, my heart is overwhelmed with anguish and crushed with grief. It feels as though I'm dying. And the Greek terms used here, they're they're extraordinarily emotional and expressive, describing the deepest feelings that a person could experience. And that's what Jesus was going through in this moment. I don't know about you, but I think there can be this this stigma around sadness, especially among Christians. You know, we think, oh, we shouldn't be sad. We shouldn't feel anxiety because we have victory in Christ, don't we? But here in this moment, we see Jesus giving into the weight of grief. If we deny our sadness, if we suppress that emotion, then we're denying a part of our humanity, a part that Jesus embraced. And so after this this intense, this confession of intense emotion, Jesus leaves his friends and he goes by himself to pray. And so what kind of prayer would we expect Jesus to pray in this moment? Oh, thank you, Father, for this awesome challenge that is ahead of me. Or maybe I know that I can handle whatever is coming because you are by my side. Perhaps because he understands the necessity of his sacrifice. But that's not the prayer that he prays. That is not the prayer that he prays. Instead, he utters the words that perhaps we might say. Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Jesus understandably is terrified about what is to come. He knows the the agony that he is about to endure and he's he's not looking at it through, I don't know, holy coloured lenses. His prayer isn't, God, get me through this. It's, God, get me out of of this. But before stating his concern, before expressing those emotions, just look at at what he does. Look at how he begins this this prayer of, of honesty, of his humanity to his father. You see, he grounds himself, he anchors himself in God's unconditional love. Abba, Father. Abba, Father. He's not only acknowledging the the power of God and expressing a, a humble admiration for his Father, he's also making an intimate request of his heavenly daddy. In Luke's telling of this story, he adds this detail. He says, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. 
and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. You see, Luke was a doctor, and so he wanted us to to know some of the, the physical manifestations of Jesus' anxiety. Beads of sweat as thick as blood flowed down his face. In Gethsemane, Jesus shows us that he doesn't like suffering any more than you do or I do. On his knees in this moment, Jesus doesn't look like God, but Jesus looks like me and he looks like you. For me, this is one of the most powerful examples of how we should be before God. Transparent, open, honest. Pete Grieg from a 24-7 prayer in our, our current life group series, he says this, it's hard to overstate the extent to which these five words at the heart of Christ's prayer in Gethsemane, take this cup from me, have given permission to people uh, ever since to pray imperfectly, honestly, and even improperly at times of tribulation. What we're hearing and what we're, we're seeing here is that it's okay to pray this prayer. I know I've prayed it many times in my life and I'm sure that I will pray it again. You know, if you haven't recognized this truth before, you have permission. You have permission to pray imperfectly, to pray honestly, to pray improperly when times get tough, when you're facing difficult circumstances or overwhelming situations. Don't push those feelings down or try to hide it behind some false sense of of strength and togetherness. It's okay to not be okay. So Jesus expresses this this, uh, incredible moment of his humanity, but he doesn't end his prayer there, does he? He tacks on this, this final sentence. And it's a sentence which, which we might be tempted to leave out because we don't have the courage to pray it. And Jesus added, yet not what I will, but what you will. Jesus was willing to, to face the suffering that was in front of him head on, if that's what God wanted of him. And so when he hears the rustling of of the soldiers approaching, he decides to to face what's coming next. Instead of hiding, uh, he steps out into the open and he, he tells his friends, his disciples, that the time has come. You know, I used to think that the, the lesson of Gethsemane was to, to be like Jesus and to, to face our suffering bravely, that we should be willing to, to drink the cup even when we don't want to. But now I'm not sure that's the case. You see, between his prayers in Gethsemane, Jesus, he went back to the spot, didn't he, where he'd left his friends. I don't know, maybe he was seeking their encouragement, their comfort or their support as, as any of us would in that moment in, you know, when you're facing something of that magnitude. But every time he returned to them, he found them asleep. Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour 
Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, when Jesus says that the body is weak, I don't think he's being critical of his friends. I think he's being truthful. You see, Jesus knows that my spirit may be committed to following him, but that my body is weak. We're tired. We're weary. You know, I want to wake up at five every morning and devote two hours to prayer and Bible reading, but my body is weak. I want to volunteer more. I want to help my community more, but I'm oh so tired. I want to face trials and, and suffering, whatever it is that, that will, be, uh, will come in front of me. I want to face it with maturity and with uh, persistence and patience. But my body is weak and tired. I want to drink the bitter cup of suffering as Jesus did, but I can't bring myself to do it. I'm far too weak. Gethsemane reminds us that that Jesus drank the cup for us. He knew Peter and the rest of his friends would, would soon abandon him and deny him, and yet he faced the agony of the cross for them. He knew that, that we, you and I, would deny him, would curse him, would ignore him, would go against the plans that he has for us, and yet he chose to die for us, for you and for me. And so as we come around this communion table in a moment, can we, can we come like Jesus did to the Father, transparent, open, honest, acknowledging our weakness, our worries, our fears and our failures? Let's approach our Heavenly Father like Jesus in all our humanity, acknowledging that we are weak and tired, that on our own, we can't do all of this. But with him, with him, all things are possible. And let's come with a, a heart's desire above all else for his will to be done. And you know, if, if you've not invited Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, then there's nothing more open and vulnerable than, than coming to him today and acknowledging that, yes, we mess up. Yes, we've made mistakes. Yes, we've maybe even denied him in the past. But the truth is, he longs for that kind of honesty from us. He longs for that kind of openness of relationship and with us. And so if that's you, then I'm going to pray a prayer. And, and why don't you pray along with me in your heart? Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you are the Son of God. And I believe that you have taken away my sin and shame. And right now, I put my trust in you and I ask you to come into my life. I'm sorry for the, the wrong things that I have done. 
but today I choose to follow you. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, if you've prayed that prayer along with me today, then please go and tell someone. If you've got no one around you to tell, then get in touch with us and let us know. Let us know anyway, because we would love to celebrate you. We would love to help you to continue on this journey of faith. Amazing.